Hello, and welcome back to the Frontend Coffee Break, the podcast about HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and everything in between when it comes to frontend. Uh, this is a milestone episode. They say that most podcasts do not last 10 episodes, and, well, that's not us. We lasted for 10 episodes. Congrats to us. Uh, <laughs> my name is Ricardo Torres, and with me, as usual, Chucho Castaneda. How are you? Hello. Well, I'm. I would say... I'm okay. <laughs> I, I, there's this this meme about this little kid in a minion's suit that falls over and says, "I'm okay." And that's how I feel. <laughs> okay, hope you're getting better. Uh, so we are. Uh, we work at Collington Eccentric, and yeah, today we're gonna have a little fight, front end fight, you and me. Uh, so what's the topic for today, Chucho? Well, today's uh, a controversial topic. I think that when we were discussing which was the next topic, because you said, "Oh, I love this," and I said, "Oh, I hate that." And it is unit testing, not testing in particular, just specifically more oriented to unit testing. I mean, this is a, a practice that's been around for years and years, and I'm sure that it's revolutionized the industry. But I am not that keen in doing unit testing. So let's begin on saying, what is unit testing? Okay, I'm just going to read the, the one I found on the internet, but... Unit testing is a level of software testing where individual units or components of a software are tested. Um, yes, very complicated and like um, academic definition. But let's say yes. Let's say I would say when you test a small portions of your code, right? Not the whole thing, not the whole flow, mm -hmm. uh, but rather a smaller, small parts that have certain functionality, very scope functionality. When it comes to JavaScript, I would say that we want to test pure functions. Pure functions are those functions that have no side effects. Functions that, given the same input, they will always return the same output. It doesn't matter. They don't have anything that messes with the with the operation or the, or the calculations, whatever it is. Um, you enter A, it would always return B. Uh, Black boxes. Exactly. Um, but so unit, I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, unit testing is... Um, Something that I've seen that it's really, really uh, used on the backend, at least on the backend side. I see that uh, at the company, um, our backends are required to have a very high level of test coverage, while in the front end is not really that much of, a, an, of an obligation. We do have projects with unit testing, but it's not much so much something that it's like always used, uh, um, like a must. I think because it's not as easy when you when you think about front end, you don't usually think about this. Okay, pure functions in JavaScript or very like um, calculations and data operations. You think more of okay, painting it black, painting it green, and doing sort of sort of box with with uh, sections and articles. But but if your project has heavy duty JavaScript, you will probably have these functions. You will probably have maybe data from an API that you need to manipulate, change somehow, and return it to the front end, process it clean it up, whatever it is. And, and those functions are, can be pure, should be pure, and can be tested. But what do you use uh, for unit testing usually? What is there, because there's, you have many options, and what is what is the one that you that you use or would recommend? You, you mean the plural? Plural, at content centric <laughs> our standard is Jest. Jest uh, works works fine for us. Uh, it's, it's understandable, easy to, to read, easy to integrate, and that's our default, unless the project have a very specific need because, I don't know, client requirements or framework requirements. But usually, if there's nothing um, nothing there, we, we go with Jest. Well, um, for example, I, I, I usually most of the projects that I've worked with, um, we haven't used unit testing that much. Although big, big projects 
um, that we've worked with, we do use unit testing. And but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm not really a big fan. It's every time that I need to create a new component, or every time that I need to give support to a component, I'm if it, there's a unit test for it, I'm complaining about it because I think it's. But why? Why do you like it? Well, first of all, um, one thing that we do agree on is that I do think that unit testing is useful in things like um, pure functions. Mm-hmm. Um, as the front end has become more and more complex, and when I say this, is that as the front end has um, a lot of the code, a lot of the the logic or the programming logic have sh- has shifted from the backend to the frontend. I think that it makes a little bit more sense to do this kind of testing in the frontend. But as you said, we usually work, and this is what the backends say, we work painting colors, we work doing this kind of things. And usually it's like, what are you going to uh, test like by painting colors? Is the color red correct or what? Now, jokes aside, a lot of the things that we do, a lot of the things that we that we work with are things that are visually that have a visual impact. And this is, I think, the main difference between the backend and the frontend, that the backend is very code heavy and there's no visually thing to test. But in the frontend, we have the HTML, we have the structure, we have the buttons, we have the interaction, the user interface in the end, you know? And I think that there are better ways to test the frontend because it's more user interface oriented than there is um, than backend. I mean, um, I mean, then you need testing. Because front-end is oriented this way, I think that unit testing is not the best way to test it. Now then again, as I said previously, since there's more and more um, um, business logic moved to the front-end, then it makes a little bit more sense. But for me, the limit is if you're going to do unit testing, I would limit myself to precisely what you said, pure functions. But then I see uh, a lot of people asking for other other types of coverage uh, to cover other things other than unit testing. That's it. That's my biggest problem. Mm-hmm. Right. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I'll give it to you. So if you're working with React or Vue and you have your component, I think it, it's hard to to do unit testing and testing like the DOM interaction or, or saying, okay, let me test my React component. I'm going to pass some properties into it and let's see what it renders. If it renders a list, if the list has these elements, I guess you could do that. But but yeah, what, what I was um, referring to is more like pure stuff, the logic that you, you want to implement and did you just... You're make, you you want to make sure that these things work and you don't go to the QA or user acceptance uh, environments and with broken code, right? And when we said that, when you, when you said about the code coverage, I agree totally with you. When you go to a project and an architect or project manager or even the client says, we need 80% coverage, that's complete BS, right? That's, it depends on, on the type of project. It depends on the type of code that you have. Yes. And, and having a, a set number because... Industry said that we we need to do eighty percent. That makes no sense at all, and it yeah. has to go um, um, depending on, on on what you do, right, in the project. And I don't think we have any statistics. I mean, I agree. Uh, once again, I'm I'm not a fan of unit testing. That doesn't mean that I'm going to go against it. I think that there are moments that it makes sense, but for the most part, I'm not going to go for unit testing. I'm going to go for different alternatives. Now, as you said. The, the, the test coverage, I th- also think that it's uh, total as BS because <laughs> I, I, one of the projects that I'm working in, they want a, I don't know how, what level of test coverage, but it's like a random, for me, it's a random number, 80% test coverage because if it, we don't have that, that's a requirement of the company, not the project itself, but the company. And it's like, oh, we need 80% test coverage. Like, why? You end up writing, and this is my big my big issue, you end up writing tests just to to, to cover the test coverage, tests that are going to be useless. I mean, you start testing things that are you don't need to test. 
that are it's useless to test that it's very easy to see what what think what is happening it's very easy to see that it's working or not it's just a waste for me it's just a waste of time i agree i mean it has to make sense i mean you don't want to test also like things uh like browser functions you wouldn't uh use i don't know the the date function and try to say okay um because you're using it, right? But if you're saying that you need to cover 100%, you want that line to be tested and that line is using a new date, you don't want to test new date because new date <laughs> comes from the browser and you know that that works, right? So it's a, it's a little bit misunderstanding there when it comes from from directors or whatever they, they say they want test coverage. I think you, we got as a, we as a front end, we got to fight back and say, hey, we have our own, you know, our modules, our export functions, those are we're going to test. But when it comes to uh, UI, we're going to do a different type of testing, right? Maybe end-to-end or, or actually manual testing. Yeah. But what, why do you like uh, unit testing? I mean, yeah, for me, it's, it's the being uh, or feeling so secure of my changes, right? Um, on, on big projects where you maybe haven't touched every part of the application and you find a function that has a lot of tests to it or just tests to it, I'm confident that I can change the function or I can update the function with a new requirement or something and know that it's going to work. Right? Recently, I had this example where I was changing um, the way the cookies work in my, in my project. And as you know, there were cookies for authentication and that's a very critical part of the architecture. If you, if you mess that up, no users will be, will be able to log in into the web app, right? So luckily, our the function that um, decides if the user is logged in or not is fully tested, right? We have a function that accepts, okay, give me the value of the cookie, give me where you are, give me what type of user, the profile, all the, a bunch of inputs, hmm. right? And given all the, those inputs, the function does its calculations. It checks this value against that value, against an array, against the page. I mean, there's many calculations. But the, the cool thing is that when you go to the actual uh, the test file, the unit test file, it's very easy. You say, okay, um, I expect that for user type A with this cookie, I'd expect the login to be true or to be falsy. And then all those things give me the confidence that yes, I've changed my function. The, ch- the function has now changes, but all the tests are green. It means nothing has, has been broken. And I'm confident to deploy it to production because I know it's going to work. Have you ever been in a situation which is it's exactly the opposite? Something that the function doesn't break. I mean, the, whatever new functionality you do didn't break the the unit testing. The unit testing is all green, but there was a, a bug in the code? Of course. I mean, if you didn't write your test properly or you forgot the test case, that, that's for sure. I mean, if, if your function does like three things and you just only cover two with a test, of course, you may not have end up with a with a defect. But uh, but yeah, having the confidence to, to touch somebody else's code or my own code, knowing, yeah, I, I know it's going to... Well, when, when I get a defect, right? I get a defect from a functionality and I see, oh, but this functionality is unit tested. I'm, I'm like, no, 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 no. That's gonna be front end. <laughs> this this gonna be something else because I my code is rock solid. I mean, this at least that part of the application is rock mm-hmm. solid. So I know that it comes from somewhere else. It's the backend, it's the API or something else. But the the the, the code from the front end that checks for that logic, I know it's rock solid. It's for me, for example, this this particular case. For me, I think that it's best to invest the time in making sure that your code is written correctly, you know, instead, because uh, in the end, mm-hmm. if you invest so much time thinking about how the, the test uh, will work, that you you end up writing maybe tests that do not cover the, the entire use cases. And you end- sure, sure. I, I agree with you. you. You always have to do like manual testing or automation testing at, at a higher level. But at least when it comes to the function that you've written and you think about for 10 minutes or half an hour, okay, just let me think about the, the scenarios here and did you just write, write them down? I think that works. I think it's not a really big waste of time. You just spend 
less than an hour writing your test or, or just, I mean, depending on how big the function is. And documenting the function is good, sure, having, uh, you know, JS docs and properly typing the function, but it doesn't guarantee that, that the next junior or somebody comes into the project, they read this documentation, they might not understand the function anyway, right? Well, um, here you got me because this is what I prefer uh, uh, um, instead of unit testing. You know, because saying I don't like unit testing, I don't use unit testing, one might say, oh, well, maybe the quality of your code is not as good. No, because I do use alternative um, methods okay. To, okay. To, to improve or to guarantee that my, my code is going to have a certain level of quality. And that what is precisely documentation. Me. That's okay. it. <laughs> I'm a big fan of documentation. I've been advocating for it since pff, I remember that I gave a small talk at a, at a company that I used to work with. Um, 17 years ago regarding on how, why it's important and how, and this is important, how to document. Because once again, uh, I believe also that you have to write functions with uh, uh, a name that makes sense. Your variables should have a name that makes sense. All these kind of things, all, all these kind of good practices that reduce the amount of text explaining what the function is doing. I mean, if the function says, says transform uh, date to string, you're not going to put the uh, uh, as a documentation. This function transforms <laughs> text to, Correct. to string, yeah. you know? But I am a big advocate. The way that I work usually is that I read the documentation of what the function needs to do. I write the algorithm at a high level in, with code inside uh, where I'm going to write the, 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 the code itself. And then underneath it, I start writing the code that does precisely what it's described. If the code is good enough to just looking at the code, you understand what's doing. I may be removing remove the 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 line of document. If it's not exactly that 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 um, obvious, or it's like you don't get it immediately, I leave the lines of of code there. And that for me, that's the way that I guarantee that the code that I'm doing is doing um, the the what it's supposed to do. Of course, if someone comes there and changes something, and they might be breaking it, may breaking something somewhere else, which is. I guess one of the benefits of unit testing that the way that you can test things that are connected, then, then again, there are other yeah. ways to test it. If, if it's a small, small application, it's not a problem, but if it's a big ass application and that function is used across multiple components, it's hard to do a regression of everything. So I like the way you write your functions, but let me tell you a different way. What I'm doing <laughs> like recently, when I, when I start calling a component and I know that I'm gonna need a pure function for certain logic and I, I realize, okay, this is a piece of logic that I'm going to be testing in the future. I shift completely and I do a test-driven development, meaning I okay. go and I create the tests first. So I, I create an empty function called Chucho, right? And then immediately create the, the test file. The test file importing Chucho function. And I start saying, okay, uh, I expect that when I pass um, the name to the function, I'm going to return the last name. I expect that when I, I pass an, an empty name, it returns me undefined. In, all those things, right? And then I just run the uh, the test watcher on my on my terminal. I have all in red, right? And then I start typing the functions. As, as I type, as I save, everything will come red, green, 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 green until everything is green. I'm done. The function is completed. A different way of working. It is. It is. I have. I don't have a. a um... An example from the top of my head, but I do suspect that this might might have its issues. But for example, that logic that you implemented it is not correct. But then again, the the method that I use could have exactly the same um, issues. But I I when I tested the first time many years ago the the precisely the test driven development I 
thought it was a waste of time. <laughs> waste of time. I mean, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like unit test. Definitely, you're the one to do test. I remember sitting down with 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 a colleague, and he was teaching me how to do this. Like, okay, we're gonna start writing the test. Like, okay, that was when I was working with Java, mm-hmm. and we started writing the test. Like, okay, this is gonna be. But the tests that I saw were like, yes, if you have a number under five, then the result is going to be this. And, and I mean, I saw the test being so simple. Hmm. that I thought it's like, this is just a waste of my time. That was your colleague. That was yes. your colleague. The next time okay. you're in the office, you sit with me and we do, <laughs> we do some test development of, of hard stuff and, and complicated stuff. Um, yeah. I, the way that I see it is that the, the moment that test-driven development came to be, it was because uh, back then the way that the best practices were not the ones that we have currently today. And mm-hmm. you have to take into account that test-driven development was not created with the front end in mind. And this is also one of my big issues with unit testing and the, all these kind of things is that, that are um, code testing that is not oriented to what we do in the front end or we used to do uh, more in the front end. It's more oriented for the back end. And it's like, oh, they do um, test driven development. We should bring it to the front end. It's like, does it make, does it really make sense to bring it to the front end? Is it really necessary to do that? Because maybe it's we're just yes. doing it. Be- <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> because this is once again my, my issue. It, for, for me, I think it's just uh, a waste of resources, a waste of time to do these kind of things that are more oriented. But I'm going to challenge you here. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, um, in the long run, I truly think you save money. Uh, and this is another uh, issue that I have. <laughs> oh my God! Thank you for bringing this up because this is another big issue that I had. Because I did do a little bit of research before uh, to prepare for the for the program, and I was looking for okay, how much money does it save? And I couldn't find anywhere people saying we saved this amount of money, we saved this amount of time, we saved this amount of bugs. I read articles saying, oh, yes, of course. I, one even was titled like the economic benefits of, of unit testing. And I was reading uh, through it and they didn't mention money except in one line. And well, you know, uh, this reduces the time, so it reduces the cost. And that was it. It never mentioned how much it reduced the time because maybe it's just like 5%. Is that good? Is that enough? I don't know. Depending on the project, I guess. Maybe it's 1%. How much actually money does it uh, say it's, it's an impossible answer. I mean, there's no, there's no way to answer this. So, uh, what, what, what I, at least what I've seen, right? I mean, again, a feeling. I haven't measured it because I don't have a, a, a way to measure it. But what, what I've felt is that there are less bugs on the user acceptance phase. Okay. Meaning, okay, uh, the quality assurance mm, people there, engineers, they will um, look at the go, go go through their use cases and they will find less defects. Less defects mean they spend less time writing the tickets and I doing the amendments and then they retesting my changes and then the time of deploying um, everything. I mean, as, as everything on development is time is money, right? In um, the less defects you create, uh, the less time you spend, and and I'm going to challenge that. Aha, okay, go ahead. Because then you say, um, uh, in, in in this case, time is money, and then you get to a point in which you have, and this happens to all of us, that we're working on something, and suddenly we don't have enough time to do an implementation. This has to be done for yesterday. This has to be by the end of the week. This is something that we need to do now. And imagine you get into a project that has uh, it's it's it has a lot of unit testing. And I'm not talking only about the pure functions, which we've said that I agree that these are important. But we have uh, like a heavy unit tested um, development, and suddenly they say, "No, no, we need this by the end of the week. We need these by the end of the sprint," and it's a lot of work. 
Usually, this means that you have to sacrifice somewhere in order to save time. And when you do, when you're including testing, for example, when you include um, uh, quality gates, when you inc- uh, this kind of best practices, when you include uh, unit testing, whatever extras you include there on, on the time that you spend in development, it means that it takes you more time to do a simple component, for example. So if you have to remove time from somewhere, and where are you going to reduce this time or where are you going to take this time from? Probably unit testing. Maybe you're going to do a bad test just because you need it to pass because it's like, okay, this needs to be done. It's not working. Oh God, I need to finish this. And then you go to the unit testing. Maybe you even uh, remove it or maybe you just ignore it or maybe you do some trick to trick the unit testing in, into, into working. And I think that this happens more than, more often than not in, the, in that sense when you are in a project that has a lot of pressure because as you say, time is money and they want to get things done quickly. They don't see that in the long run, it's maybe better to do it slowly because it's going to be better. But usually the client is not in that mindset. It's like now, now, now. It's very complicated. There's no, no easy answer. Um, I think we as, as, as frontends, we, we need to educate also the client that, I mean, you know how it is. Like you can have it fast and, and cheap, but not good. Or you can have it. Exactly. All those things. No. So so definitely I, I agree with you. If, if you get a delivery, then you had to ship it ship it with a test and then somebody will try to do it in the browser end-to-end testing and then when we are done and then on the next sprint we try to do the the testing but i guess it also depends very much on on the the piece of functionality right i mean if, if it's really core core functionality and you say yeah but but i mean just doing it fast and not testing it it's gonna be worse than me spending two more hours i don't know it, it, it's hard to to say, but sure, I agree with you that then in high pressure situations, you might drop testing. Um, I mean, this is an edge case, maybe, but it, it's a case that I see that ex- that's no, no, it happened. Possible. It happened. It happened. I mean, but we need to again educate uh, clients and project managers that hey, yeah. you know, when when you estimate a task or when you they say okay, how long is going to take you? You don't got to say. I mean, if you imagine or you suppose that your development is going to be three hours coding my function, you cannot say three hours. You're going to say three hours plus refining the code, three hours plus documentation, three hours plus, because your whole development is not just coding the function, it's just documenting it for the next guy and doing the uh, proper testing for the next person that comes Mm -hmm. to you. So uh, yeah, it's part of it. Now, I have a a story that I would say that if we, yes, it's a horror story in the sense that if we had had unit testing, I wouldn't have spent half a day trying to find an issue. That's expensive. Yes, it is. And and this the issue is that um, we had a defect, and this was a pure function. So this was a function that I would say, yes, we should have had the unit testing. But anyhow, um, we had a, a very specific defect. Like when this very specific case happens, it's like a very edge case. We, we're having issues. Like, okay, so let's start looking in the code. And, you know, it's it's really, if, if anyone listening out there and you want to be, uh, how do you say, an archaeologist, Development is like the, uh, doing. A, you have a little bit of archeo- uh, an archaeologist hat. Sometimes you have to find and dig between the code to r- actually find the root of the problem. So eventually, I get to this um, function library, and I was looking into this specific function when all the magic was happening. And I looked at the function, and it looked okay. I mean, just by looking it, and it wasn't documented at all. Um, and I was looking into it, um, and I remember going case by case, part by part, until I found like super deep inside the if-elses, the moment that it was failing. And of course, with the unit testing and done the, the testing correctly, this would never have happened. Right. 
And two, with a proper documentation explaining in the, the function, because it was a complex function, explaining what was expected from the mm-hmm. function, it would have also might have reduced the, yeah. the, the issue. But it was half a day, half a day that could have been solved super easily or avoided altogether. So that's the moment that I say, okay, uh, that's one of the few moments that I've said, oh, unit testing would have been uh, nice. But also like documentation, right? If it's really complex that you really don't understand it, like if you go to sleep and the next week you just go to the function again and you don't understand it, that, that's a, b- a big problem there. You can you cannot, this, this code should have never been merged, right? In a pull request. If somebody else comes in and reads it, I do understand it. So if you don't understand it, <laughs> it's going to be merged. So that was a problem in the in the beginning, right? Um, One thing that I can recommend, and this is always my motto regarding development, unless there's a big re- reason not to do it this way, I always recommend you have to develop to maintain the code, to mm-hmm. make it your code maintainable. Right. That's for me the paramount thing. Yep. It's like unless you help need performance and what you're doing is non-performant, you should always code for this, in a way maybe even stupid, in a stupid yeah. way, because it's going to make maintaining much much easier. Yeah, I mean, there's no difference if you code with more sentences in the end, the transpilers or the bubbles, whatever. That's exactly. Minify everything. So, all right. So we've talked about unit testing, which is lovely, fantastic. You hate it. No. I love it. But it's fine. I won. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. I won. Um, <laughs> so end-to-end testing, right? Hmm. It's also possible with front-end. There are great libraries, frameworks out there like Cypress that you can do end-to-end testing. Are you a fan? Have you tried it? Thoughts? In general terms, I, I like it. I'm more of a fan of these kind of testing, automation, and these kind of things. I'm more of an, especially on the front-end side. I think that it, it is uh, something that you have to have. I mean, the minimum, very minimum, you should have quality control on your code. Mm-hmm. And then QA testing, and then finally, if you can afford it, end-to-end testing. It's going to reduce definitely the amount of issues that you're going to find. Yeah, 100%. So if I were a QA engineer, that's the first thing I would do. I would automate my work. I mean, doing it manually, it feels feels too, too old and too... It's not... I mean, I guess you're not to automate everything. I mean, I've seen in my project where you have to play with a lot of third-party services like APIs, SMS validations, emails. That's very, very, very hard to automate for testing, right? Because how do you connect to an email database? Anyway, it's hard. But for things that are very visual, like, okay, I go to this page and I expect this widget to load. And then I, I expect when I click the next arrow, I want to see the next picture on the carousel. These things need to be automated because why would you spend time doing this on every single release? This makes no sense. So, so yeah, end-to-end and, testing. And for regression testing, imagine totally. when you do a big change and you need to, especially if you need to change something that score in the in the project. I don't know the way that it's built or something like mm-hmm, this, mm-hmm. or maybe a big CSS or I don't know something that changes big. You need this kind of testing to to because otherwise it takes a lot of time. I, I am a big fan, especially what, how I said. Uh, what I said in the beginning, that we work on a more user interface part of the of the of the software, and this is the kind of testing that benefits. Um, well, that gives a lot of value to the, when you're working in these kind of of environments. Is this something that falls into the accountability of the QA engineer, or is it something that should the front end do? Should we write our own end to end with JavaScript? No. Yes. I. I'm going to say no immediately, but, but I really haven't given it a lot of thought because maybe it does make sense. Maybe if we could do, for example, the unit testing could turn into end-to-end testing or something like this, maybe this kind of test make a little bit more sense. I don't know. This is something that I would need to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I would say, for now, I would say I would leave it to the QAs uh, to do it. Well, the, the only issue is that some QA engineers are not proficient with code. And usually these tools, although they are like visual stuff where you can click here and it records your, your mouse and your keyboard, uh, usually it's more clean if you do it by code, right? I mean, writing your own selectors and your own things with... I mean, it's easier with JavaScript. It's just very like... English-like, very like like just, no? Describe this, assert that, or expect that, all those things. So I would say maybe the first layer of security, the, the first layer of end-to-end could come from the front end, but then we, we go back to the cost. I think end-to-end is much more costly than unit testing. It maybe the solution. Maybe the solution is AI. <gasps> okay, maybe. I mean, this is a complete topic that we can talk about, but I think that... AI might revolutionize the way that we test code. Instead of writing the code for us, maybe it could be used at, at first to check our code, to help us as a tool, to do the unit testing for us. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I would be more open to write the document as I, as I usually do and then tell the, the AI, hey, I wrote this documentation, this code, make a unit test for it. I don't know. Maybe that's the way it works. Yeah, I mean, Copilot already does that Then, at, at some degree. You, you can now select the function and you... Tell clean it up and it will clean it for you and definitely it autocomplete unit test. So mm-hmm. so maybe that's the way to go. Maybe in the future you just say, give me 10 end-to-end tests for this function or, or this thing and it will do it for you. That would be amazing. Yeah, to save us time. In the end, mm-hmm. we want I think our goal here as a front end is to, to close out the episode. It's that we want to have zero defects. <laughs> the utopia, right? We want no defects. We want that the QA phase runs us smoothly and that our code goes to production uh, as soon as possible. So Anything that reduces the amount of work you need to do afterwards, because yeah. most of the time we work on maintaining code. I think that that's a big chunk of our work, but anything that helps reduce that time, I think it saves money. And it's, say, it, it, I mean, I have been worrying about it, about the code, and I, uh, I am bold now. <laughs> because of I worry too much about it. Exactly. So if you're listening to the episode on Apple Podcast or Google Podcast, go to YouTube. We, we are recording this also on video. So find our uh, find the coffee break on YouTube. Comes uh, an authentic channel. Um, Chucho, any question for the listeners or or viewers? Yes, uh, I would like to know if people um, do they implement unit testing. What uh, do they are they fans of unit testing? Do they implement unit testing or maybe end to end testing? Share, tell, please. Let us know. Um, all right, then. Chucho, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, Ricardo. Happy to, <laughs> as always. <laughs> See you in the next Fun Tank of Break. <laughs>